Hello and welcome back to another episode of Discipleship.ca. My name is Teresa and with me today is... Steve. Thanks for joining us as we have another discussion with the hope, prayer, and goal of encouraging you in your daily walk of faith and journey towards Christlikeness as we explore scripture, faith, and the Christian life, as well as talk about what Jesus is teaching us on our journeys of faith. Today we are talking about... What are we talking about? Just a little topic that uh, sometimes confuses people and, and just little, uh, hey? yeah just the doctrine of the trinity oh goodness um, just trying to understand and, and this is this is a tricky bit Tribing the good um, word. trying to understand the doctrine of the trinity can actually be uh, really difficult yeah um but it is really simple but it's really difficult mm-hmm. right and uh if you've ever cruised around on uh, youtube during kind of saint patrick's day uh, there's this video that keeps getting shared. It's uh, Connell and Donald. It's two little, <laughs> two little Irish guys, redheaded Irish guys, and it's kind of in the past. And they're talking to uh, Saint Patrick, and they're saying, "Hey, like, can you explain to us the Trinity?" And then Saint Patrick uses the example of water, ice, and vapor, and they're like, "Whoa, that's modalism!" Mm-hmm. And then it's like. The egg, I the think egg, you brought up, too. There's like the, everything we there's, use there's, to describe. Yeah, the, 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 the three-leaf clover. There's oh, yeah. the, the father, uh, husband, son. The There's like all, like the, a man can be those three different yeah, roles. Yeah. And it's, you know, they bring out modalism. They bring out Arianism. They bring out... Um, uh, Lots. Arianism, modalism. I don't remember them all. There's, there's a couple a, others. There's a That they bring through. And, and, the, and you start to realize that a great number of historical heresies, mm-hmm. which means you don't understand orthodox, the true understanding of what scripture is saying. Um, heresies come out of this, out of holding on to how does the fact that God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, how does that work? And right. we may never really get a great answer in, in that little cartoon uh, they finally, St. Patrick gets really angry and just kind of blurts out like a classic, uh, I think it's the Athanasian Creed example of of the the Trinity. And all of the creeds and councils worked on these, these uh, definitions because this was the big deal. Like this was one of the biggest things to try to understand. Mm-hmm. How does, how does this work, right? And so for us to look at it, this is one of those things that, it takes faith to hold on to, but we actually have to understand it because this is one of the things that people ask, right? Yeah. How does this work? Um, you know, if you go to church, how does this work for you? How does this actually work that you have one God, but there's three gods? And how do you, how can you explain it? So uh, I thought we would kind of start a conversation here, and obviously we're not going to in a few minutes solve all of the problems, but uh, hopefully we help you get less confused. Uh, and bring bring you to a few good resources, but um, uh, Matthew chapter twenty eight, verse nineteen, right? It's the Great Commission. Yeah. Uh, Jesus is about to ascend into heaven, and he's uh, talking about uh, what the disciples are supposed to do, and it's go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the, and Holy, the Holy Spirit. Spirit. It's one of the few places that we have all three named in one spot, right? And this is out of Jesus' Mm, mouth. Like, mm -hmm. this is how we're supposed to do this. And and some of what the difficulty is is people don't understand 
the relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Um, and and some don't understand uh, who do we pray to, who's actually yeah, doing right. what, uh, how are we actually spoken to now, mm. what what uh, how are they bound to or not bound to each other? Um, right. So that's a that's a thing for us to have to try to figure out. Another spot is Second Corinthians chapter thirteen verse fourteen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So there the Apostle Paul writes that and says, hey, we have a triune God. Mm-hmm. There is God the Father, there is Jesus Christ the Son, and there is the Holy Spirit. And, I mean, it's not rocket science for us to figure out Jesus isn't with us today, right? No, he, that's right. He's with God the Father. He's with God the mm-hmm. Father. So we have... Jesus is actually ascended into heaven and he waits for his return, right? That was what he was doing in that Matthew 28, waiting for God the Father to say, it's time to go back. Right. When he left, he he said that the Holy Spirit would come. He told the disciples that they should go to the upper room, and you can read about this in the book of Acts. They could go to the upper room and they were to wait. And then you have the day of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit would come and indwelled in the believers, and he's supposed to, the Spirit teaches and encourages mm-hmm. and admonishes and delivers the word. Right. Right. Um, and this is where things start to go awry. People start <laughs> to go, I've got a new word from God. No, 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 no. Well, it has to line up with you. You, you have an old word from yeah. God because it's better to line up with scripture or you don't have right. a word. From but God. it might be new in their life. It might be something that they've new never. New to them. Right. right? But it's yeah. not so, something but, new. But if God has told you that. You know, uh, you know. I'm not even going to make anything. I was going to say you could yeah. be on dangerous ground. Yeah, yeah you could be. <laughs> um, but understanding the Trinity is super hard. So we're going to quiz you right now. Me? Oh no, oh, I don't yeah, like no, this. No. I oh, am uncomfortable. Good. What percentage of professing evangelicals say they believe in the Trinity? So they don't all. No. What percentage what? of professing evangelicals? So people, okay, like ninety. I mean, it's got to be close to a hundred. You, well, you're not close, a professing evangelical if you don't believe in the Trinity. Okay, but ninety-six percent say it. So there are four percent of people who are at evangelical churches, or would say they're an evangelical person. Okay. Who don't believe in the Trinity? So then they're not. Well, they they, they define themselves as evangelicals, but, but I'm then, confused then how that denied works. the Trinity. How many do you think? Say. Well, the Trinity, the Trinity is our name for it, <laughs> Trinity. But we can't deny that in Scripture, it's God the Father. I don't, I don't have a list of how they denied it. God I just know that it's not okay. 100%. I just I want to know. I know, I know. Uh, how many of those same professing evangelicals so it was 96? You, that was 96. Okay. How many of those same professing evangelicals say they believe Jesus is fully God and fully man? All of them. No, that's lower percentage. Oh, 88%. So then I don't understand that either. 12% are modalists. Yes. Or, or okay, so like I was talking to uh, a person from the Church of the Latter-day Saints not yeah. too long ago. Uh, we, uh, If you're not in like Mormons, but I know um, from friends of mine, they prefer to be called Latter-day Saints. Um, but anyways, we were talking and just comparing a little bit of the differences. And uh, he, he told me the same God. I believe in the same God. It's the same Jesus. We are yeah. very Christ-centered. And I said, oh, because I don't know a ton. It's been a little while since I've studied other. Yeah. And, and, he, and I said, okay, so you believe in the Trinity, three parts, all equal. 
And he said, no. No. And I said, oh, so it's not, it's not the same. Not the same Jesus. Yeah. It can't be. Can't be. So I think maybe within the Christian church itself, yeah, well, there see, could be different. See, lots of people wrestle with this because fully God, fully man. So Jesus lived a sin, sinless life. Yep, because he was How God. To, because he was God. But yeah. then does that disqualify the fact that he was man? Right? It gets hard. But it's it, hard you have to, to have faith. This. That's what this is all about. Yeah, but we still have to wrestle through this. Well, we do. And, and yes. yes, we have to have faith to accept but the bottom line is if it comes down to it and you don't believe it, then you're not an evangelical Christian. Well, 80% of professing evangelicals, 88%, would say that Jesus was not fully God and fully man. This is why we wanted to talk That's about confusing. this is because it's it, the stats only get worse. I got three Don't. Three oh, man, more, you're just like right? wrecking my whole day. I know. Sorry. <laughs> um, of those professing evangelicals, how many said that God the Father was more divine than Jesus? I don't even want to know. 22%. So one in four people in your average church actually believe Hmm. that God the Father is more God. The best. He's like the the head God. Jesus Christ the Son. Oh, man. That's breaking it down into some really messy stuff there. Yeah. Uh, Beyond that, 9% in that survey weren't sure. That's authentic. Just so you know, this survey was in 2019. So it's not that old. Oh, that's not that old. Uh, and I don't really know how big the sample is, and I don't really know a lot of those things, but that's okay. Um, of these professing evangelicals, uh, how many believed that Jesus was the first creature created by God? What? None. No, you can't. No, but that doesn't work. Sixteen <laughs> percent. No. Oh my goodness. Okay, yeah. so these guys are not getting Follow, correct teaching. Followed by another eleven percent who no. were not sure. No. Correct teaching. They're just not reading scripture. They're not reading it themselves. And if they are, they're they're not. They're not. They're not. And then, of the professing evangelicals, this mm. is where you're not going to really you're no. going to not be happy to. Uh, how many do you think said that the Holy Spirit was a force what? and not a person? Like like what? the force, like in Star Wars. What? No, I don't think I want Fifty-one percent. No, oh no! Oh, you are kidding me! No, more 51%? than fifty-one percent. Most people don't have a clue, and this is why we're going to slowly work through all of these. Then I mean, slowly, as I say. This slowly, is concerning. But but theology is something that, hmm. um, in the last you know hundred years, mm-hmm. has just taken a beating because our our minds have been expanded out to. Think of a million different things that we've seen in movies, TV mm-hmm. shows, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and it skews our understanding, right? So if you go back even 300 years, mm-hmm. nobody had the concepts that we have um, yeah. now in our, right. at our grasp, right? Mm-hmm. Like that you know, outer space is out there and there's things farther beyond our, our own world and you know, the idea of like... Uh, the force in Star Wars and all that kind of stuff didn't exist. No. Um, if you lived right. in rural North America in your small little town, you probably never made it much more than about 50 miles, if, 50 to right? 100 yeah. miles away from home. No, right. That's, that's accurate. That's where you were. So if you knew how to read, the Bible was all you had. So you would you understood it differently. Yeah. Now we have so many competing ideologies in our in our minds already. Mm-hmm. People have skewed understanding because we assume 
a great number of people assume they know what's in the Bible, even though they haven't read it. Yes, that is true. So I do believe that. The survey there that I, I quoted is just to show that there's crazy misunderstandings among evangelical Christians. And, and we're mm-hmm. not really like this, you know, I'm a, I'm a pastor at a very specific denomination, uh, right, you right, know, right. type of church, right? So um, we didn't want to do the podcast in a way that was narrowed like that. So we're hoping right. that this is a fairly broad listening audience. But the reality is if we don't spend the time reading our, our Bibles, yeah. It's really easy to get this wrong. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because the moment we start to think uh, about all of the stuff we've heard and seen and the way we've been taught wrong on televangelism uh, shows or movies or whatever, it can be quite, quite messy. And so the doctrine of the Trinity is often kind of like just a tack on. Like, you got to figure this out, but just live like a Christian and we'll figure this out later. Yeah, right. But it's, it, you can't do that. It, yeah. It's so much different, right? God the Father uh, and the Son and the Holy Spirit were in the midst of creation. There's the proto-evangelion promo- promoted in in uh, Genesis chapter 3 where the Son is promised, like someone, is, the, the child, the offspring of the woman is going to come to crush the serpent's head. It's already a promise of the gospel. So what is, what is that, that word that you said? Proto-evangelion. Right, what is that exactly? The mean? first gospel. Yeah. God, sorry. I just, I just think not everybody knows, my you know, dual, Latin. My dual, right? my duolingual <laughs> Latin score is actually pretty high right what? now. No. Uh, 61 days, going good. I can I talk about, been doing good. I can talk about bread and wine uh-huh. and uh, where you study and sleep. I know, that's impressive. That's uh, it, though. No, and and it's rest. like for um, what? But anyways, it's all fine. It's no, because you can, okay, tangent, but... One day I'm going to read The Hobbit in Latin because you can you can buy one in Latin, okay, so yeah, it's just what I'm doing. Look um, but the reason to study the Trinity is is deeper and it's personal, right? Um, we're saved by Christ, yeah, for the glory of God. Amen. We're led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we preach it. We should probably understand we how those three all <laughs> yeah. work together, right? That, that's valid. Um, the Trinity helps to inform the gospel. God saw a problem that we couldn't solve. Yeah. So he sent his one son, John 3.16, yep. to die. Yeah. Like this is this For is a big deal. Yeah, right? no, it's huge. Yeah. It absolutely. should shape our prayers. Well, the Holy Spirit is is who Jesus sent to us mm-hmm. to to help us and to pray for us and yeah. to pray like so that we pray through him and he you know to Jesus and and you know all of these different things that we can't do without him. Yeah. And that's why it should shape how we walk out <clears throat> our faith. Yeah, no right? it should. <clears throat> you can't you can't just focus on one part of the training. Oh, this is this is the no. corner of the triangle that I like. I'm going to stay over here. I'm going to just be a Jesus person or I'm just going to be right. a God the Father yeah, person right. or I'm just going to be a Holy Spirit person. There there has to be a balance. The spirit testifies to the ministry of the Son. Yeah. The ministry of the Son is under the authority of the Father. Mm-hmm. And always glorifying the Father. The Father sends the word hmm. to the Spirit for him to testify to the Son, right? Yes. So it's also gloriously confusing for our minds though, isn't it? Like it really I mean, is. when we have something really that we don't understand, then we just 
scuff it off as it can't be true. Yeah. So like I just said, and I'm going to read what's written down because it's probably better. It's probably okay. All right. <laughs> the gospel is necessary so, for, so we can understand the gospel and redemption. The Father sends the Son to offer a sacrifice that satisfies the Father's wrath against sin and extends the Father's love and mercy to the repentant sinner. Right? Okay. The Son, in being incarnate, meaning putting on flesh, fully God, fully man, yeah. is able to provide this atonement because he is both God and man. The God-man conquers death and sin through his glorious resurrection from the dead. Right? Freeing, Which he did. Freeing us from the consequences of our sinful actions. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Holy Spirit is directly responsible for uniting us with Christ, our new birth in Christ, which is regeneration, right? We we are made new by what Christ has done. Mm-hmm. And then the believer's life journey of sanctification. Sanctification is a big word that just means we're becoming like Christ. So we're becoming more and more like him. And we talked about that in the fruit of the spirit, uh, ones that we did. We talked about that in the one another's. We yeah. should become more and more like Jesus the longer we are with him. Right, which we do through the Holy Spirit 100%. while we are on this earth. Trinity is everywhere in everywhere. what we do, um, even on the on the on the basis of you know if you just think about the way that we pray, mm. um, there's this kind of dialogue that we're having, right? If you stop and think about it, we we are praying to God. Okay. So now we got to pray. We got to figure out and determine who who are we praying to, Father, Son, or Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. or some combination of the three, mm-hmm. right? It, oftentimes when you're reading scripture, uh, when it talks about a passage that has pronouns in it, like he, 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 him, him, he, yeah. you got to stop and figure out yes. what person of the Who trinity are, they referring are to we right talking here? to, right? Yeah, no, that's so right. there's this double movement kind of idea. God gives himself to us through the Son in the Holy Spirit. We respond with our praise, confession, and petition made in the Spirit through the Son, to, to the Father. The Father. Yeah, that's We're how I always understood it too. We're praying to the Father. Right. Through. It's Christ's righteousness imputed to us, given to us. He takes our sin. We get his righteousness that God allows us or mm-hmm. is able mm-hmm. to have us in his presence to pray with him or to him. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And it's the Holy Spirit that actually reminds us that we should. That we, yes. That because in our, in our sinful state, we generally forget these things. Um, Jesus Christ then becomes the means by which we have access to the Father in the power of the Holy Spirit, right? It's because of his sacrifice, his blood, his covering on us, his righteousness, his perfection, that we actually can have access to the Father. And when we pray in the Spirit, we pray past ourselves and beyond ourselves, Mm, Yeah. right? We understand things and we pray about things that maybe we don't realize we should be, right? Like there's yeah. those moments when you're praying and you're like, you know what, I'm going to pray for so-and-so. And then you find out that so-and-so is having a really crappy week. Yeah. You know, stuff going on. And the Holy Spirit prompts us and moves us and encourages right. us and guides us, right? And tells us what to pray um, for. Yep. That's in the prayer, right? So in, in, our, yeah, in, the prayer in worship, right, there's a proper expression of worship and it's tied to the two things. So there's... One God, three persons. So we're worshiping one God with three persons, the three persons of the Trinity. So worship is necessarily found in 
God himself in his being and his character. And that's a whole different thing, right? We can go through the characteristics of God. Yeah. Um, but worship finds its rightful expression in the response to revelation of one God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we have to understand one God. And this is where you have to think about that diagram. If you've never seen it, it's a triangle with a circle in the middle and a circle at all three points of the triangle. And God the Father is usually the point at the top. Hmm. And the, Jesus Christ is usually the point of the triangle on the, right. on the <laughs> bottom uh, left. Interesting. And the Holy Spirit is usually the point on the bottom right. And there's one in the middle that says, all God. Hmm. Right? The whole triangle is God. Three persons. Um, Three individual persons. Yeah, which cannot be separated. Yes. Very important, yes. right? So worship finds its expression in that and understanding that. But then the triune God does, draws us in to communion and worship with him. So the three draw us to worshiping the one. Yeah. Right? And, and it becomes important because it's through the Trinity that we start to understand all of the parts of God. Yeah. Right? All of the, I shouldn't say parts. Yeah. All, no, of, all, sure. of, the, all of the traits <laughs> that God has, right? His... Uh, all-knowing, hmm. ever-present, yeah, yeah. inside time or outside of time, how we understand it. Yeah, like, right. Uh, all-powerful. All of those those things yeah. that if we were to grab a, a big theology textbook, the first you know 400 pages are just about the character and nature of God yeah, that you yeah. can build through the whole scope of the Bible. You start to see like God is so magnificent. magnificent yeah so much greater than anything that we can think of. We mm -hmm. have to understand that. And we see that in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, but we also see that in the totality. And we see that all happening all at once. So right, the Trinity becomes kind of an important deal. Um, kind of. Yeah, kind <laughs> kinda. of an important deal. <laughs> Love of, it. You know, undersell it. Uh, kind of an important deal. And, and if you were to define it. Okay. There's but one God. Yep. This is pretty close to the St. Patrick rant. Oh, okay. Okay. There is but one God. This is one God eternally subsists in three persons, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, of whom, of each, each of whom is fully God. I can't even read. That's okay. The Father is unbegotten, the Son is eternally begotten, and the Spirit eternally proceeds from both. So, a little, little trickier there. Uh you get through this so idea. So they're all co-eternal. Yes, co-eternal. It's, it's equally co-eternal, um, and it's it's this reality that we have to fight for. Yeah. Go back to those early statistics. Most people have a problem with that definition. By the time you start to realize that they're saying things like Jesus is less divine than the Father, or the Holy Spirit is yeah. a force, interesting, or you know, so it becomes it becomes a bit of a bit of a problem. Um, we could go through the whole dealing with God as a person, because in our world today, that's a word that is actually being fought over, right? But, what kind of person? Do right, you but do you think "person" of that could be used as in they um, subsist within itself? They like the Holy Spirit is a person. God the Father is a person. Yes. Like it's not. Yes. Yeah. But then God is a person. 
And God is a person. All together, right? So um, that's the triune God is one being with one divine nature, one essence, one mind, and one will. Right. Right? There's spots where Jesus says that he does nothing except for the Father's will. Yep. And that the Holy Spirit speaks nothing except for what Jesus has told the Holy Spirit That's to speak. That's right. Yeah. Because Jesus is doing the Father's will, so the Holy Spirit speaks only what the Father Which wants is kind of what you said before, speak, whereas right? the Holy Spirit points to Jesus, and Jesus is always pointing to the Father to glorify the Father. It's all about the Father. And then, you know, like it it has a yeah. flow, if you there will. Is a, <laughs> there is a flow, and there is a, there is a definition, right? There, mm-hmm. is, there is the defining, the self-definitions. Def- Jesus talks about the Father in third person. And first person, he, um, right? Yeah. And and I am the son of God and yeah. the Holy Spirit will and he will. Like if there's personal pronouns and all those kinds of things being being used um, in, in the talking um, there. So that's something that we have to kind of work out through. And uh, where we're going to go long term over this okay. is actually talking about what some of the early heresies were. And how they show up today. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep, so, that works. so some of the early heresies were Gnosticism, which mm. is that idea that there's some kind of secret knowledge, and you, it only takes a few hours of watching something like the Miracle Network, and somebody will say that they have a new word from God, that there's some special thing, and you probably need to like subscribe or send money and get a special thing, and it will explain explain it all to you. That's called Gnosticism. There's I've got some special knowledge. It's all in the Bible now for you. You mm-hmm. can you can probably get one free if you book a hotel room. Just take it out of the thing. The Gideons love that when you do that, even though they're not called the Gideons anymore. Uh, there's monarchal, ar, there's monarchianism. Monarchianism. Right? Yeah. Okay. It's in front of me, and I can't say it, but you got it. Um, this idea, right? This kingship. So the king is the prince before, and you know, there's this process. So it's a kind of version of modalism. Okay. Because uh, modalism. I'm not familiar com- with that one. Modalism comes out of it, and so does adoptionism. Yeah. We'll yeah, talk yeah. about the two of those because they show up in modern. Yeah. Uh, today. Still here today, things that oftentimes get accepted by people in hmm. evangelical churches because they just don't know. And then there's Arianism, which is right. not what we're talking about. Nazi Germany. It's yeah. totally different yeah. Arianism, but there's a theological understanding. So. Um, the Arianism in the world today uh, is from Arius of Alexandria. He rejected modalism, um, and he would say things like, there was a time when the sun was not. So this is where you oh. get that Jesus was created at some point. By oh, God the Father, I see. Right? So, Wrong, but yeah, I guess Oh, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's one of the, they continue, right? So give you the quick rundown. Gnosticism is found in Christian science, the religious science new movement, the new age movement, and quite a few Eastern religious groups, mm-hmm. uh, Eastern mystical kind of religious okay. groups. Adoptionism is in Mormonism and Unitarianism. Okay. Uh, modalism is found in the United Jesus Only Pentecostal movement, or the Oneness Pentecostals, or the local church. And I could name names there, but we'll save those for later. Okay. Arianism is found in the Jehovah Witnesses and the Christiana Philadelphiaism and the Unitarianism. Hmm. These are churches you can go find. In most of them are centered in major centers, major cities. They're not really in the small little country places, but some of them are. Hmm. And they they work hard at getting these ideas out. 
And some of these people, when they write books, they're the spokesmen, they end up on the Christian bookshelves yeah, right. because it's close enough to sound right. Yeah, and people aren't wise enough to and know that it's that's heresy. The problem. That's the problem. Is yeah. Because we, we miss all of these things. And that's why, um, as we joke at our house, we both have Bibles, Teresa and I, that have <laughs> the creeds and councils in the back. And we joke, we've got the answers in the back. Like if it's a test, we've got the, we've got the answer sheet in the back. Because the Nicene Creed was one of the things that was done by the early church to try to help fight this, right? So the doctrine of Trinity was first formalized by the church in the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD. Yep, right. And the focus was on correcting all of the errors. Hmm. Okay, 325. Already. We're 1,700 years in the future, and we still have the same problems, right? Um, It was later revised and expanded in the Council of Constantinople in 381, and then the Nicene Creed uh, was revised in 381 as well. And this is how it goes. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, for or who for us men and for our, our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. He was suffered under, er, we, he was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate and suffered and was buried. Third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. From hence he shall come again with glory to judge the quick, which is the living, and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets in one holy Catholic, small-c Catholic church. So Catholic meaning universal, not meaning Roman universal Catholic. and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. That was their first, <laughs> that was the first crack. Like, it was clear that it was a mess. Like yeah. they had a they had a whole list of things that they were trying to fix, and it was one God subsists in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three are distinguished by eternal relations of origin, begetting and proceeding, not otherwise. And the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit together are to be worshipped and glorified. And uh, there's this idea that it's um, the Spirit or the Trinity is unfathomable but knowable. We can under like we can say these things, but we're going to wrestle with them probably forever um we're gonna have a hard time kind of grasping hold of all of these things and and you could go into a massive long kind of talk about it um and we're not going to do that right now because i think we're going to break this into two because it's going to work better i think if we uh kind of cut it off there we'll pick it up and, and we'll talk next week about uh more of the Nicene Creed and the Trinity and we'll follow into a few more creeds after that but this idea of Trinity is a massive 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 thing um I do a lot of work with um uh young hockey players I'm a chaplain for a hockey team and this is one of the things that I get asked all the time and they're not even they're not even kids that go to church um they just don't understand how it works so it means I have to be able to explain it I have to be able to say in a reasonable way, what do I actually believe? Um, because this actually matters. So hopefully it's something that we can 
kind of wrestle through and and figure that out um, together. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for our conversation today, guys. If you have enjoyed the podcast, you can always subscribe, leave a like or comment on our social streams or even tell others about us. We appreciate any help in getting connected to people who are interested. As always, you can find us online at discipleship.ca and on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day and I hope you can join us next time. Until next time.